Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Well, Kimberly, breathe in, breathe out, Murgatroyd. Did you want me to actually breathe in and breathe out or? Well, I noticed that uh, when I pass you in the morning that you are taking deep breaths into some- um, Device that I didn't buy you. Some device that you did not buy me. And uh, for those of you playing along at home, it is called a Lumen. And this device apparently is measuring your- your, how many your, carbs you're burning, how no, much it's, fat. No, it's just measuring if you're tapping into fat or carbs for energy at that All right. moment. All right, but this is not why we're here. The reason why we're not here to talk about that is because you decided that you were going to buy it on your own and <laughs> you were just not going to give it to me and then told me that, you know, you're going to, they're, they're going to send it to me. You're going to apply to get me on it. As, as a, I, I don't think you need it. Okay. I don't think you need it. I'm I, I'm not honestly that in love with it to be to be really honest. <laughs> Sorry everybody that's playing along at home. Here's what we're talking about today. We love to be health guinea pigs and we got the levels continuous uh blood glucose monitor which basically you staple to the back of your arm and you have it an app that it is constantly checking your blood glucose. And we got levels at the exact same time that I got the Lumen. And I have a comparison between the two and I am preferring levels, to be honest, because it's giving me much more data and, you know, Lumen is kind of interesting to look at, but levels is what I'm really working with to understand what's happening in my body at a deeper level. All right. So we're going to, we're going to back the truck up a little bit because people who are listening, uh, are like 
some people are like me and they need a bit more detail. So you highlighted way too quickly uh, about the what we are now calling CGM, which is, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, CGM, continuous glucose monitoring. So <clears throat> what is it? There's a company called Levels, okay? It is a, a medical doc who, uh, the person who created it, uh, she co-founded it with another guy. I don't know anything about him, but she was an ENT doc who did uh, a bunch of surgeries and she was having issues with her patients doing like sleep, having having like sleep apnea issues and all kinds of different things. And she realized that many of these issues were related to um, your blood glucose levels being out, i.e. you not being what is referred to as metabolically fit. So- she decided to take this concept that they have for diabetics where they, you know, sort of like, you know, using the word implant is a bit aggressive, but basically you're taking this sensor that has a probe that's uh, relatively thin on the end of it. And then you wind up this little machine that's like a slingshot and whack into your arm. And then you have the sensor that is um, inside of the surface of, let's call it your tricep area. And then you put a little uh, waterproof bandage over it and um, there's an app. In the app, there's two There's two apps. One is an app that you hit a button and you wave the your iPhone uh, over the sensor and you will get, uh, after an hour uh, of setup that I just described, you will get a blood glucose level. And it's kind of color-coded. It'll tell you if you're in the green, if you're in the yellow, or if you're in the red. And so as you go through your day, every time you eat, you take a photo of the food that you're eating, you write it down, and throughout the day, it will take measurements on its own, or you can get more uh, data points by scanning it in the way that I just described. So in doing this process, what we've come to learn is that everything we thought about the food that we were eating was wrong. So to give you a, a simple example, I can eat a cookie and the cookie will show that I am off the charts. In other words, I am way over uh, the 120 blood glucose level that is at the top end of normal. Uh, Kim can have the same cookie and she can have virtually no reaction to it at all. So, you know, you can have some bodybuilder that's out there saying to you, you know, eat more bananas um, and don't eat cookies when the reality is that that may or may not be true for you. So I'm using that as a, you know, as a very, um, as a very aggressive example of what we're trying to well, say. Let, but let's there's, give them some real examples. Okay. Yeah, but so there's pull, subtleties within it. Pull, yeah. So here's what we're learning. Okay. The order of food that you eat is important. And it's important to you personally. So there's no one size fits all. Unfortunately, we're all different. And some of the things maybe can stay the same, but you know, we're learning about the order of our food. And this is an interesting concept because- When you say order- The order in which we eat our food, I'm going to, I'll give detail in a second, but I, you know, we spent four months in Europe. We ate- anything we wanted. We drank for lunch and dinner, wine, and we did not follow a diet while we were in Europe. We did three months in Italy 
and we were lighter and leaner than we are in the super duper health conscious state of California. And we've always been like, how is this possible that we ate all the pasta, drank all the wine, we had gelato every single day, and we were lighter and leaner and healthier. It like never made sense. But now we're figuring it out. We're figuring out why you can go to Italy and not actually get fat. We are figuring this out by looking at our levels. So to give you an example, last night, Rob said, I want to test this and let's go out for Italian. So we went out for Italian. And what I have noticed for me personally, if I start with fat and protein and vegetables, fat, protein, vegetables, and I have my sugar or carb later, my blood sugar stays stable. And I'm even Steven. It doesn't really rock the boat at all. Last night, we had eggplant and zucchini flowers to start. We had wine. And then I had lobster gnocchi. Gnocchi is a potato-based pasta. It's homemade. It's high quality. There's a cream sauce with lobster in it. That entire meal, eggplant, roasted eggplant, like eggplant parm thing, uh, zucchini flowers, wine and lobster gnocchi. I had zero response. Look at my level. I had zero response. In fact, I went, my, my glucose dropped a little bit because wine can do that. And they rated it on a scale of one to 10, a nine for a meal. Yeah. Now I had the exact same meal and I rated the exact same way. So the only change that we made last night with how we go out to uh, dinner was we didn't have- The, the basket of bread. The <laughs> basket of bread. But now I, I'll tell you this, because I've, I've watched enough YouTube videos uh, now to see. I was very specific and I said, is the pasta made in-house? He said, we don't make the spaghetti, but everything else we do. So what I learned is- when you're making pasta in-house, as an example, it's made with, you know, double zero flour, it's made with eggs, so it's more fatty. So the the carbiness of it is done quite differently than if you got Chef Boyardee or if you got a box of macaroni, you know, and put, put water in it, right? So it's the same for bread. So if you're making, you know, a Tuscan bread at home or a sourdough or something, you're likely not gonna have that glycemic response that you would if you had Wonder Bread, as an example. So, but when we got the bread last night, I looked at it and I was able to see that that was not something that they made in-house. But that it's was also, but uh, I think so, yes, I think that's important, but it's also the order that you ate it. So your body had consumed fat and protein before you dipped into the pasta. Yeah. So it's the order, because I'll tell you, that we had we had one super shocking thing that well we had a few but one of them that really sent me over the edge is we tried to not drink wine every single day during the week and it the I don't know it's hard for us we like to have wine okay we're moving to Italy for a reason but we swapped it out with a curious elixir which is a mocktail, a craft mocktail. And we've been drinking these. We're like, okay, and we might have one, we might have two, you know, it, it keeps us from the wine. We think we're doing something good for ourselves. I, we had a tri-tip steak. I did a zucchini spirals with a vegan pesto, which is like 
healthy fats, nuts are in that. And a, a one curious elixir. That shit sent my glucose through the roof because the curious elixir is has sugar in it. And so I might it ha, actually has as much sugar as a freaking Coke. And it's mind-blowing to me how that just went insane. Now, on Mother's Day, I really tested this shit. Let me tell you what I did on Mother's Day. Are you ready for this? Rob was there. I had Prosecco cocktails, multiple Prosecco cocktails, a Cacio e Pepe pizza, a cheese board, and I went for a walk. That entire thing. So I had like three Prosecco and vodka cocktails, a Cacio e Pepe pizza, a cheese board, but I went for a walk. That registered a seven. It was a gentle rise. An eight or a nine is a stable, is stable glucose. A seven is a gentle rise. What day was that? That should have been a one. What day of the week was that? I want to compare. Sunday. That was Sunday, okay. I went at it. Oh, and then oh, I came okay. home I, and I ate, I ate ice cream, cake and ice cream, too. Okay. My response- You had a two. I had a two. So I had pizza, spaghetti and meatballs, charcuterie board, and three margaritas. Right. I got a seven and you got a two. And this now, is it, now, just so you understand what a two is. So a two refers to- It's a big spike. They're rating the spikes. So if you have a 10, you're going to have, think of like a road without any wiggles in it, right? It's just going to be a straight line. That's what you want. You want your, glu- your blood glucose to stay steady it's going to have natural peaks where it's going to go up and down a bit. But the more you can flatten those peaks, the more metabolically conditioned you are to be able to deal with changes in blood sugar. So you don't want to have, you know, that, you know, that three o'clock in the afternoon where you just want to get a Snickers bar because your blood sugar crashed and then you eat the Snickers bar and then two hours later it crashes again. So you don't want those spikes. But there are things that you can do to help tamper it. So I mentioned going for a walk. When you walk post-meal, you're helping to control your blood sugar because your body has to use glucose to support your walk, to give you the energy to walk. So if you're flooding your body your body with a bunch of food that's creating that glucose, that, that response, and then you go for a walk and your body has to use glucose, you're going to stay more stable. And so we went for dinner down the down the road. It's about a half a mile away. And I said, let's test this. Let's walk there. Let's eat dinner. A, a typical dinner we would eat at this particular restaurant, Mediterranean. So a lot of salad and meats, but there were there were carbs involved. And let's walk back. What day was that? That was Friday, May 7th. Okay. I scored an eight on that entire meal. And I mean, when I look at this meal, it was like, it was wine. It was um, a, charcuterie. I had was, a seven. You had salads. We had um, Israeli couscous. Like all the things were there. So there was very little rise in it. In, in fact, if you look at mine, it was like it looks like a little small little increase, yep. and then and then it it recovered. So you know, a, a couple of things. If you're if you're considering getting something, I would definitely, if you're considering having some kind of wearable that will measure where you are, 
this has really been remarkable because what it does is every, it takes the guesswork out of what you're thinking. You're thinking like, well, I'm going to eat that and I'm not going to have any reaction to it. And you eat it and all of a sudden your blood sugar goes through the roof. Now, why is that important? Well, number one, almost every health condition you can think of has to do with how metabolically fit you are. I mean, the number one killer right now is is type two diabetes because people in America are that out of control. And Alzheimer's is now called type three diabetes. And that's a big deal. Um, in uh, Dr. Hyman's recent book, The Pegan Diet, he talks about how m- so many people are becoming insulin resistant because they're constantly spike, 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 spike. And the body doesn't know how to, how to function with that. So it just, it's, it, the insulin is, comes in to lower the glucose and it can't do its job if you're constantly spiking and hitting that button. You're you're killing your body. So in his book, he talks about, well, you got to prick your finger and you got to kind of figure it out and you got to kind of test it. And yeah, you could, or you could just get a CGM and see what really happens. I want to talk about your breakfast because day one, when we had this, if you know the brand Against the Grain, Against the Grain does grain-free products. So a lot of people are like, I'm going grain-free and I'm not going to, you know, eat uh, gluten and, you know, all of that. So we have a gr- against the grain rolls and I would make Rob eggs and I put it on the against the grain rolls and a little uh, everything bagel seasoning. Gave it to him. That's his breakfast. Delicious. Delicious. Spikes spiked him through the roof. Through the roof, like I like I had jelly beans. Right. He also had a we use goat milk, so we had a he had a goat milk cappuccino that morning, no sugar, just coffee and goat milk. And we inadvertently blamed the goat milk cappuccino, and so we pulled the goat milk out the next day, spiked again. I was like, "Oh my god, I bet it's the roll, but it's not even grain." Like I was like, "We got to test this." So the following day, I pulled the against the grain out and I gave him Ezekiel. And it went up, but it didn't spike it like that. And so on the third day, we tested it and I gave him the eggs and I gave him a side of spinach and an avocado, completely stable. And so what we learned with Rob is one, our trying to be healthy and going against the grain (laughs) did not work for his body. The Ezekiel was okay, but the best bet for him is vegetables and protein. And that was your best glucose day. That was your most metabolically fit day too. And so we're learning that he can do that. Now, me, on the other hand, I had, I he actually copied my breakfast. I had Ezekiel, I had eggs and- uh, Spinach. And so I had Ezekiel, eggs and spinach and my blood sugar was completely stable. So he is way more carb sensitive than I am. Now that said, you think, okay, well, if I look, my first reaction was, well, if I look at a carb, you know, I've tried the against a grain, spikes it. I try the Ezekiel, spikes it. So, you know, I'm super carb sensitive, right? Well, then I said last night, like Kim mentioned earlier, let's go out for Italian food. Well, I ate a bowl of pappardelle, truffle pappardelle pasta with cheat, no reaction at all. In fact, it wound up giving me a nine. So- Because you ordered the food in a certain in a certain way and you consumed it in a certain way. Now, well, I don't know that's, I don't know that to be true because I haven't done it any other way. 
I, I don't know if I, I mean, like, well, what? we should test that. We, you, I mean, we should I give you some bread. Pasta, I, well, if you sat down and you ate the bread, I guarantee oh, you would have spiked. If I ate the bread, it would have spiked. But I you're saying if pa- I ate the bread after the pasta? I think if you ate the pasta first, you still would have spiked. This morning I said, okay, well, I'm going to skip food entirely. I'm going to do a fast. And I'm just going to, well, it's not really fast. I'm going to skip food and I'm going to have just the goat milk cappuccino. Because I wanted to know, I do two of them in the morning. And I wanted to know. Okay, you do two doubles. Two doubles, So yeah. basically four shots of espresso four by, shots of by espresso. 8.30. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to see like, how am I with just the goat milk cappuccino? And it didn't do well. It gave me, I think it was a six. Oh, that's interesting because I, but okay. So there's other factors too, by the way, sleep is a factor and you had a weird thing last night in your sleep. So you're, if you don't sleep well, if you don't sleep a good solid eight hour, like stable sleep, then your blood sugar's all over the place and you're going to be metabolically less flexible. If you have hard workouts, if you don't exercise, all of these things impact your, your stress impacts your blood sugar. All of these things impact your blood sugar. So it's not just the coffee. The coffee could rank differently on different days based on your sleep, based on what you had the night before and all of the other factors surrounding it as well. Okay, so what you're seeing here is you're seeing us in real time discuss and learn what this thing is doing to our body. There's a lot that we know and there's a lot that we don't know. And then we're gonna hit a point where it's it's gonna become very, very obvious and very specific to us. I, I can eat that, but I can't eat that. And, and if I drink too much and then I, it, it spikes, you know, like it looks like I'm doing good at dinner, but then in the middle of the night, I go to 180 because the wine wore off, you know, whatever. There's these obvious patterns when you work out, when you don't work out. And it just takes a minute to figure that out. When you look at what we just came off of, which was probably a good, I don't know, maybe year on Whoop, it hit a point where we got it. Like we knew that if we had more than two glasses of wine, the next day our HRV was going to be significantly affected. I'm we, like a human Whoop at this point. Yeah, I can tell you what's going to happen. We can tell we know exactly what's going to happen and what isn't. And so now you know, there's no questioning about what works and what doesn't work. So we're in this this ramp up stage now. We're guinea pigging. We're guinea pigging, trying to trying to learn. So we're going to test it for you guys, and we're going to test it in Italy too. We're going to test it. Well, we have three places we're going to go. I can't wait to just put to bed the "you can't eat a carb" theory that's uh, circulating, and that you know Italian food makes you fat. Like I can't wait to put that to bed. Because we're going to actually have the biometric data. You know what else was amazing? By the way, can I just share one more thing? Mm. Popped in my brain. So there's two shakes that I do. I have one. It's a Dr. Hyman recipe, which I love. And it's got like, you know, 562 ingredients that are all fresh that I have to put into the shake and make it and, you know, spend all the time prepping these packets with nuts and seeds and all the things. And I put it in zero glucose response. So it's an amazing shake. I think it was an eight or a nine. And then I tested my isogenics shake because, you know, I've been using that for a decade. So I wanted to test that against it too and see exact same response, except one requires 900 ingredients and the other one takes me 30 seconds. (laughs) So for me, I'm looking at this and I'm like, if I if I have the choice between the two, I'm going to go with the easier road 
And it's exactly the same in effectiveness. All right, I'll leave you with this because we are we are not uh, paid spokespeople for uh, Levels. Although we should be. We should be, but we, we are not. So if you want to get one of these, go to Levels, uh, just Google Levels, you'll find it. It took us a good four months to be able to get our hands on this because the way it works right now is the only way you can get a CGM is you need a doctor's prescription. So they have built into their their onboarding process, you filling out a case history for a doctor, the doctor reviewing it, and then ostensibly rubber stamping it and saying, okay, yeah, that's fine. He, he, wants, he wants to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree that, uh, that he can do it. But, you know, you can't get it without a doctor's prescription. So you have to go through their protocol and there are so many people that want these things. And they're still and they're still in beta. And they're also not cheap. They're a couple, they're two hundred dollars a month um, to use the app and to use the sensor that goes with the app. And each sensor works for two weeks. So you basically get two sensors per month. So that's uh, that's the housekeeping. So if you are using Levels, if you're thinking about using Levels or you have a question about Levels, don't ask me any questions about Levels. If you, <laughs> if you are using Levels and you have a comment, send me a comment. I'd love to hear um, what you have to say, but I, I, we know enough right now to be dangerous. So you, right. don't, you don't want to ask us anything. No, definitely okay? not. Definitely that's not. it, everybody. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. 